All right, hard yarners and entrepreneurs, investors, anyone who's listening. And people like, like beer. And just average punters. Yeah. You- First, uh, big shout out to Kelly. She's just doing, joined the Patreon. Yes. Um, so thank you. After we had a chat Sunday night, she um, had some really nice things to say about the potty. Yes. Helped her through some Loves anxiety it. attacks. Um which I was going to talk about today, actually, so I'll save that for the next yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, really, really awesome to hear that we're helping people out um, and she she's shown her support by jumping on the um, Patreon, which we still haven't explained properly. People still don't know what it is. Well, basically, just very broadly, you're supporting us to help us create more content and then yep. we get you get a few benefits out of it. Yep. So um, 5 10 or 20 bucks a month. So cheers, Kels, for jumping on board and all the other Patreons and Patreons uh, for helping us out. Mm. But we are here with my boss, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> We're here with Sim, uh, Simeon Ray. Um, what do we talk about in today's episode? Uh, mostly crypto. Yep. Bit of investing, some macro stuff. Um, NFT poisoning, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, Even government overreach and everything. So there's a bit of everything in this for the average punter, for people who do know what they're talking about. And uh, yeah, it's just a cool listen, I reckon. Yeah, it's just really good, uh, racking the brains and a whole different world. It's great when whole new world. (laughs) It's great when me and you know fuck all about it, so we can just ask the questions that everyone else wants to know anyway. So, so it's good. Thanks for it, and uh, let's get hard. Let's get hard. Welcome to Hard Yarns Podcast. I am fucking. (laughs) Anything Chris White says, please disregard it. 5D is actually a state of being. It's a unity consciousness. That was Hard Yarns with me, Frankie Rose. So I'm going to throw it over to your co-hosts. Daniel Jelby. And Cameron Branch. I would do this and then I'd gong. (laughs) Free in attendance for the millions listening at home. (laughs) Let's get hard. Well, it's weird because I enjoy watching the footy. I don't enjoy watching stocks and shares. And yeah. oh, it takes away takes away everything. Yeah, I've said I've said this before um, uh, on the podcast before, but <laughs> I was invested in Bitcoin uh, when my wife was giving birth, and at times I was checking Bitcoin <laughs> during she actual during. Well, it was it was During it's, the it's a long process. it's a it's a long it's a long process. But Is like it? I just yeah, remember nine months? Yeah. <laughs> I just remember uh being there she's in labor and there's this, you know, half an hour between contractions and I'm checking Bitcoin and stuff and I'm like, I shouldn't be that into this <laughs> right now. I shouldn't be that distracted. So I was like I, I felt like I had to be constantly watching it. So I, mm. as soon as I did that, I got out of it. Mm. Made a yeah. good profit though, pretty quickly. Right. <laughs> Great. Up in the boom. Yeah. It's a good timing because Sim's gonna have his baby in five weeks. Yeah, so, <laughs> oh yeah. Are, are you going to be checking during the birthing process? I, uh, fingers crossed, it's going to be a C-section. So, yeah, uh, so you know, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be done. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a topic that we're very interested in um, and don't know anything about really. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's and it's timely that you're on because there's been a bit of a, a few issues yesterday. Um, so before we actually get into all that, do you want to tell us about who you are and, and what you sort of uh, do? Yeah. Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, my name's Simeon Ray. Um, I'm the head of investments at the Ray family office. So essentially we uh, we invest in, in all kinds of assets. So crypto is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, stocks, we do um, startup sort of seed investing, um, property, 
We've got a nice little startup you can invest in called yeah. the Hard Yarns Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's a pretty diversified portfolio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I suppose once you once you get to a certain size of, of, of money, you wanna you really start to look at um, diversification, right? You really wanna you don't want one of your ideas to really wreck your, yeah. your whole um the whole thing that you got yeah. going. So it's like adult ADHD. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, I do freestyle rap, if that was no good. Yeah. Marriage celebrity, teaching, <laughs> well, yeah. comedy. But that whole thing, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, 100%. I get that. Yeah. And it makes you sleep better at night, really. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a lot of boring shit Yeah, because if, especially yeah. in a, a field of, you know, playing stocks and it's like gambling. You, if one doesn't pay off, it, it would be fucking shattering, which we see in Wolfie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess that's the, the the beauty of having a few different options. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally, totally. So, yeah. so um, before we even kick into that, you've just recovered from a bout of salmonella. Oh, really? <laughs> In twenty twenty two? Yeah. So how how'd that happen? Uh, well, um, <laughs> I won a couple of games of PUBG, and it's called a chicken dinner. And and when you get a chicken dinner, um, I always feel like I have to have chicken for dinner. Yeah. And uh, so I ordered. KFC. So, oh yeah, uh, my video games led me to KFC, and then uh, and then yeah, I got crooked the next day. About twelve hours later, that's up, the worst advertisement. <laughs> for, <laughs> you got salmonella? Did somebody say KFC? <laughs> so, if Chicken Treat want to get on board as a sponsor, <laughs> well, Red Rooster, we can get uh, Seth on board. Yeah. He, he'll he'll sort it. But so I don't, I don't even know what salmonella is. That's just when your stomach gets fucked up from yeah. raw chicken. It's it's essentially a, like a pretty serious food poisoning. So yeah, it's, it's vomiting. It's is there anything you can do in regards to that? Can, uh, you can't prove it, really. Uh, I think there are tests you could do. I went and got blood tests to rule out other things that mm. it could be. But yeah. Um, yeah, they they just decided to give me some antibiotics, and you basically just suffer through it for a few days. Oh, yeah, that sucks. But I, it's the second time that I've. I've had salmonella and the first time is quite a funny story. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so I was in um, I was in China oh no, I was in Mongolia crossing the border to Russia. Uh, did the, you come across a man in a yurt? Did you save a guy from drowning by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> We've had a past guest. Um, yeah. He rode his uh, motorbike from London through to Africa and um, back home. So it's called the hard way home. Oh, cool. And he nearly drowned in the Mongolian, Mongolian desert. desert from from a freak storm. Yeah. And he was saved by a midget in a yurt. <laughs> so were you around? <laughs> no? Oh, man. For listeners wild. who haven't listened to that one, go back episode 92, oh, Alan yeah. Roberts. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you've, uh, you're going through Mongolia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was on the, on the Trans-Siberian train and they do this thing where you um, – when you're going from Mongolia to Russia because the um, gauge of the railway tracks is different in the different countries, so it's called changing the bogies. Mm. And they lift the whole train up, they lock the doors to the toilets and uh, guards, Russian guards stand there so you can't get on and off the train and they come and search the whole train for smuggling stuff because that's a big smuggling route. Okay, um, wow. And they come and check your passports and shit. But it's eight hours of just being locked there. But what? most importantly, toilets are locked. Oh. And, uh, and I just see like microwave. They seem like microwave chicken wings in Mongolia. It was just there's something off about them. But I was pretty hungry. So <laughs> oh and, my uh, god! Let's suck it for a chicken wing, eh? <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. Anyway, I started feeling crook. Uh, started needing to, you know, go to the toilet to throw up. Um, I couldn't because it was locked. So I was pushing my way past these guards who didn't speak English to like vomit into the train tracks and. Uh, <laughs> 
And then like oh the conductor God. on our train was like, what's wrong with this guy? Is he like bringing something, some weird disease into Russia? Or oh, something? my God. <laughs> so it's, she's like, you know, trying to talk to me in Russian. And we needed to find a translator. Yep. Um, and there was this one bloke on the train. Oh, he was in a big posse actually. It was this gnarly looking dude. Um, <laughs> he he was a Mongolian rapper, had teardrop tattoos. <laughs> neck tats. Um, and that, and him what and his was his name, Lil Genghis or something? <laughs> If you Google Mongolian rapper, it's like the first person that legit. Yeah, yeah. Can yeah. you Google that text? Um, text. Can you do Mongolian rapper for us and bring it? Just up? Google Mongolian rapper. Cool. Sick. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he he ended up being able to speak English, Russian, and Mongolian. Okay. He was on his way to play a show in Russia, and um, him and his crew had this big styrofoam box of like cooked meat that they were just eating for like five days before this. <laughs> I was on the train with them for a while before we actually had this interaction. But anyway, he's coming in and, and, and I was like, oh, man, I'm, you know, I ate chicken. I feel sick. I think it's, you know, food poisoning. Yeah. Um, and and then they get this nurse uh, to come on to the train, this Russian lady. It was the first Russian lady I'd seen um, so far since uh, coming just across the border. She was blonde, blue eyes. Psych, she also didn't speak, she didn't speak English either, but she was wearing almost like this skimpy nurse outfit. It was really short. <laughs> she had like this briefcase. Um, she's come in and and uh, and, and pulls out point, a strap on. <laughs> at this point, it, like this whole rap crew was in my tiny little cabin. She was in there. The conductor was in there. She's like talking to the rapper. He's talking to me. She, and then he goes, she wants you to pull your pants down. <laughs> and you're like, 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 fuck what? it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, she- uh, Was she, he taking the piss or was he- No, no, it was, she She wanted to just give me a jab in the butt. But, uh, oh, but I had with a needle. Figuratively or literally. <laughs> She's ripped, the Russians are right into pegging. Just. <laughs> wow. So wow. yeah, it was a pretty pretty funny experience. Ended up making friends with that rapper and chatting with him after being terrified of him before that. So. <laughs> wow. So wow. what? What, did the needle work? Yeah, yeah, it actually stopped me from spewing and, yeah, a couple of days later I was, I was good. Fuck, man. Fuck so they're hell. worried about you bringing drugs in but they're putting drugs into you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to go in. Fuck. Have you got that? Um, can you bring that up at all? Mongolian no, I couldn't rapper. find it, but... Uh, so gonna, crypto. Have a look. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a sec. I want to see what this Mongolian rapper looks like. Um, but that's uh, that's pretty uh, that's pretty crazy, man. That's a cool little story. Um is it one of those guys? Yeah, it's that guy. The bald guy doing these things. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? What's his name? Uh, Al Jazeera. Oh, no. <laughs> Al Jazeera News. <laughs> that was Al Jazeera News. I thought that was his rap name. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll find his uh, name in post. We'll put yeah, it up. His rap is pretty interesting, eh? It's, uh, they... they this is probably not true, but but they reckon that <laughs> there's some there's some uh, origins of hip hop from Mongolia because they do this weird thing called throat singing over there. Ah, oh, say like that. Oh, really? And it's yeah. got the sort of flow of, of hip hop almost. And I'd like to know his, his music kind of brings a lot of uh, Mongolian influence. And then yeah, it's it's sick. It's, he it's hectic. Yeah, <laughs> throat singing, sick man. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's pretty cool because you've travelled a lot. Um, so for the listeners, I met Sim because I married um, him and his wife. Oh, cool! And um, yeah, then I when we were chatting, I saw that you on your as your job were into trading and, and crypto, and then you told me you had crypto horses. Um, crypto which, horse, the squirrely boys. Squirrely, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So I get into that in a bit, but you've travelled heaps of other places, hey? Because um, that's basically. I think. Did you guys meet? In Melbourne, and then you had travelled together. 
Yeah, actually, no, we met. I, I was living in Melbourne, but I, yeah. I came back to Perth for a, for an event and we met at, at that event. That's um, right. And, yeah. then, and then, yeah, we, we um, met up again overseas and yeah. travelled and that sort of, you know, confirmed everything for us and yeah. we um, got together then. But uh, Any gnarly yeah. stories? Any other gnarly travel stories? Or We'll stop with the Mongolian. <laughs> oh, look, I don't How know. can you go past the fucking? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's almost like the that, that literally started reminding me of the machine. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the machine. The machine. Oh, classic. Um, on a train as well with Russians. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Um, uh, yeah, so I guess obviously the the biggest thing that we want to talk about at the moment is crypto, because yep. um, we don't know really anything about it what it is um how to how it works i was just investing in it because it was the trend so can you well blockchain can you explain what sort of blockchain is yeah, and, and how it works the, sure so i guess crypto um is kind of referring to uh, a token or an asset that um lives on a on a blockchain mm-hmm. and the first blockchain to be created was the bitcoin blockchain mm-hmm. by satoshi nakamoto um allegedly <laughs> <laughs> if he's a real person, right? Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's not. I mean, yeah, it has, yeah. To, it has to be a real person or a group of people. Yeah, yeah. somebody did the work. Yeah, um, but yeah, AI. nobody knows. Nobody knows who it is. Yeah, um, lots of people have theories, but I won't really go into that. That's yep. not not as important. Um, essentially, they what it solved this uh, problem that people had been trying to solve for a long time, like a lot of computer engineers, which was. Um, how do you how do you transfer like a digital value? Um, because until that point, everything online, you know, like you could, if you wanted to copy an image off online, you just copy and paste it. There's no yeah. You can't say that that image belongs to the person that posted it there. Yeah, so yeah. Everything's kind of you know copyable. Yeah. Everything. So how how can you not just copy a, yeah. a thing of Bitcoin and yeah. send it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, what, cool. So they're able to prove that you know a Bitcoin could leave one person's wallet and show up in another person's wallet and there was no trusted party in between. Mm-hmm. It was this blockchain. Yeah. Blockchain is um, it's an open ledger, which means um, it's basically like a big spreadsheet that anybody can see, anybody can confirm that that transaction's happened. Mm-hmm. All you need right. to be able to do that is to run a node which is kind of technical and complicated, but anybody can actually do that. So, what does that um, mean? Right? Yeah. What, what is a node? A node. Yeah. A node essentially is you've, you're um, you're storing that ledger on your PC of all the different transactions. Okay. So you need to kind of be connected to the internet. That's not mining. Yeah. Um, the mining is actually the validation of um, the transaction from one person to the, another, and how they're able to do that without a person is these um, mining machines that. So- that race to solve uh, an algorithm, a really complicated algorithm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the prize for solving that is some unmined Bitcoin or some Bitcoin that's never been used before. So did this Satoshi Nakamoto crew or person create a program where it's got Bitcoin hidden within it within, in a bunch of hard algorithms? Yeah. And then yeah. Really? Well, it, Kind of, it's it's like there. So there were there. There's always been a certain amount of Bitcoin to be mined, or or that that exists. He was the first miner of Bitcoin, so he owns the most Bitcoin out of anyone in the world um, because he mined for the first few years and validated every transaction himself because he was the first person to come in and prove out this technology. So, but was it there mm. 
always like the internet, there's Bitcoin in the internet. No. Or he made it. He made it, yeah. Right. So he's made this fucking imp- super complex program mm-hmm. that's got Bitcoin hidden within it. Mm-hmm. So imagine if it's like an escape room and you got to solve a puzzle to get the Bitcoin out of the escape room. Is that room. how you get it? Is that how, is that how it works kind of? Broadly, yeah, I guess. I guess, yeah. It's a it's an interesting analogy, um, except that you know, let's say you're in an escape room and there's ten simultan like simultaneous escape rooms yeah, next yeah. to each other with ten other people in it, yeah. And you're racing to get out to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. find that yeah. Bitcoin. Yeah. Has yeah. all of the Bitcoin been mined? No, no. So <laughs> there's, a, there's like a, a million and a half or something left to be mined. Um, so I could just go on and find some. Yeah, but it if takes I'm stupid amounts of. Processing power now, right? Because there's not many left. But I think we've just jumped ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heap. So this person has created the program mm. and put the Bitcoin in there and hidden it with uh, algorithms. Yeah, he would have also. How, how does someone do that? Opened up uh, with a bunch of Bitcoin that he's given to some people. It didn't have any value. At the yeah, point. yeah. So him and other computer coders would have started with some just some Bitcoin that they created. So let's say it was. 10 million or something yeah. and then yeah. there's 8 million to be mined. Um, he, yeah, he, they, they've created this token. It's built on this technology that requires computation to, to validate these transactions. Yeah. And then it started working and it started to, to uh, gain interest from other people that it was more of an academic thing. Initially, yeah. that is it like a, a, a almost a challenging game that he has done with himself? That's how it feels. Like he's yeah. just like on, yeah. this is sick. I'm going to create my own little, you know, escape room, mm. but sort of thing. Well, he he initially did want to make a, a money for the internet. Um, okay, so so that was the goal, like a, to to have a money that wasn't, you know, um, tied to a sovereign country. Yeah, it's um, a decentralized co- yeah, currency. Yeah, yeah, something you could use anywhere in the world, or yeah. anywhere on the internet. Yeah. Um, so that was the initial aim. Whether it will be that or not now, it's sort of more treated like a digital gold now or something like that, yeah. a store of value. Not that it's been doing very well at storing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like a yeah. That was his. I guess his initial goal was was for that to for that sort of system to take off and it for to proliferate. Now and that then, blows my mind because it's been created from nothingness. So. Mm. Is it his brain that's created those algorithms or is it a program that then creates harder algorithms to oh, solve? Oh, yeah, it's an yeah, automatically program. Yeah, Which is – is that program. essentially AI? I guess there, there must be some, some AI. A form yeah, of right. AI technology? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, in, and yeah, to second sure. that, where does, it, where does it live? In the cloud, in, on a drive somewhere? The bit, is Bitcoin a program that is in one place protected? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like where is it all stored? Yeah, it's stored in lots of different places. It's, it, right. it really depends on the person that owns the Bitcoin. Okay. Um, so, like, if you were to to buy it on an exchange or something like that, yeah, uh-huh. then it then it's kind of stored in a cloud. You know, okay. like it's not it's not in your house. It's yeah. not in a little device that sits in your safe yeah. or something like that. Um, I mean, but when you're mining for it, oh, when you're mining yeah, yeah, yeah. for it, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I want to start mining. Where does it look? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's an interesting point. Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know how to answer yeah. that. Um, I mean, there, there, there is – I guess you don't see the unmined Bitcoin until it is delivered to you as a reward Board. for mining it. Yeah. yeah. So I don't really know how to answer it. It's not really in a cloud. It's just yet to exist. Yeah. Um, mm. So nuts. Let's see. Yeah, it's, it's a hard, it, it is 
complicated. It is hard to wrap your mind around because then it's not just progressed from ju- it's progressed from not just Bitcoin to countless numbers of uh, of other different currencies, mm. I guess, digital currencies. Mm-hmm. And are they, are they the same? Are they hidden, or are they just like here it is? You can purchase it. Mm. Yeah, there's because there's, there's all about kinds many- of different. How many coins are there now? Like yeah. 7,000 or something? Yeah, yeah. there's thousands. Yeah. So I can't really talk to all, but I could talk to like a couple of different um, models that exist now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the next most famous crypto is Ethereum. Mm-hmm. Um, and currently that's proof of work, which means that it is mined like Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. However, there isn't a fixed supply of Ethereum. There's oh. a, there is an... Uh, a changing supply of Ethereum, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. At the moment, it's it means um, it's actually deflationary. So the amount of uh, Ethereum that gets burnt in transactions and um, compared to the amount that gets rewarded to the miners, there's actually less being rewarded to the miners than, than being burnt right now. So it's, okay. it's shrinking a little bit, uh-huh. but there's been times where Ethereum supplies expanded and being burnt means it's just deleted de- deleted doesn't yeah, right. exist anymore so, so that's a bit a bit how does it how way. do you delete it how does it delete it uh it's a mechanism in the in the contract of uh you know doing the transaction you yeah. kind of sign a, a transaction to say i so to do a transaction on ethereum you need to pay ethereum as gas which is like fuel to get the transaction through. It's like you yeah. need to pay a transaction fee to send Bitcoin as well. Yeah. But in Ethereum right now, it's super expensive. So. Yeah. And I guess, so what I'm seeing a lot, and I don't know if this is how you do it, <clears throat> what I'm seeing is punters like buy and trade and sell different currencies and Bitcoins and, and digital currencies and then convert it back to Australian dollars, US dollars, and then that's their profit and then they get out of it. Is that what is that how you do it, or do you keep in the blockchain and then use that to purchase things and mm. trade, and mm. or is that the long term goal of digital currency? Is to basically one day you'll be able to go down to Coles yeah. and buy your food with Bitcoin, or, or I, what? I look at it that way. But, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll cash out to a stable coin, um, which is like a, a crypto version of a dollar. Mm. So you can. There's actually not a real good Aussie one. Uh, it's kind of hard to get, but there's plenty of good US dollar ones. So. Mm-hmm. If you're okay to cash out to USD, then there's I'll, I'll leave it within the crypto space so that then I can, um, you know, make an order so that say I could put in my exchange say like if Bitcoin drops to 30k, buy it instantly that kind of thing. So yeah. I've already got the funds ready to so come back stop in. Gap. So yeah, I, I use it. I don't. I rarely go fully out of the crypto system because yeah. I do believe that one day we'll be using it to transact whether it's you know, to buy our shopping or everyday things or maybe it's one-off things or maybe it's just to interact within a game or, yeah. you know, it's, there, there, there could be a use. But, <clears throat> and again, I, a lot of the cryptos that I, I hold, I don't, um, I'm not trying to really speculate as much as the average person would be on it. I, I usually would, will only hold a crypto if I understand what the crypto does yeah. and have used it and have found benefit in it. And yeah. it's kind of my investing thesis for stocks as well. It's like I like to try and understand something early, like whether it's a you know a high-tech invention like a Tesla or something like that. Yeah. Um, if I can feel the product, use it, understand it and say, okay, I'm an early adopter here. I can make an early investment um, and I know that this is a good product. I'm coming at it from a different angle than someone who's, I guess, never been in a Tesla or, or doesn't know the product but just 
thinks, oh, I'll just jump in it. I've got a little bit more yeah. insight. So for cryptos, I like to have ones that I can use, uh, ones that I will want to use in the future, yeah. but I'll understand why I'm going to use them as well. And I think that's probably one of the most important sentiments I'd like to pass on to people is that crypto is super complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll take you weeks to understand the single project and that will be reading about shit you don't understand. Yeah. Um, if it's that's not for you, then... You know, only only gamble a tiny bit in crypto. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then it's gambling, right? It's hundred yeah. percent gambling. Then it's just like is that oh. what all trading is? All stock? Well, trading is more like educated gambling, right? That's how educated I like guessing. to see yeah. it. Like I'd, I, you know, if I have an idea for a company or something like that, I don't necessarily buy it the next day. Yeah, I'm going to wait for the right price. Um, I'm going to think about, you know, why am I buying it now rather than in six months' time? It's because I. I expect in the next six months something is going to happen. Yeah. And and so I always like to, you know, think about a catalyst in the near-term future that's going to be the reason. And if that catalyst gets pushed back or doesn't happen, then I'll have to reassess my, you know, position yeah. there. Uh, and that might mean just selling it because it hasn't done what I wanted it to do. Yeah. I don't go in blind, you know. That's, I guess, my point here is that mm. I like to try and have a plan for my investments. And, yeah. Um, yeah. That's probably the best move as well because I was just like – this is sick in two years, I'll be rich. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, because oh, I used – there was a, a program to invest in it. What was – what? there was a – Bamboo? No, it was a blue app. I cannot remember for the life of me. It's the one was. with the change? Hey? Is that the one where, where you put your loose change in? No, nah, it was – Bamboo. That, uh, that, yeah, yeah, no, so this was a um, – it was – you could bet on – Bitcoin and, and oh, yeah, I remember that one. I can't remember what it was, yeah, but yeah. that's what I made all my money on. But that was using Australian dollars to, you know, and the value. And then if it went up, it's just same as shares, basically. Yeah. Um, the value increase, you're only buying a percentage of it and you're only investing a percentage of it, but getting the full, yeah. I can't remember what it was. It was pretty cool, but it was also pretty dangerous because you eventually they realized you could only hold onto it for a certain, a limited amount of time. You had a, an end date. So I'd have it for like, uh, when I initially first started buying Bitcoin on this or investing in Bitcoin, I'd buy ten. I'd buy ten bitcoins, and I'd only have to invest, you know, two thousand dollars. It might have been worth twenty thousand dollars, but I only had to put the two thousand dollars in, yeah. and then I'd see the re- the profits result, and then I'd come back. Um, <clears throat> but if I missed out the time, missed the timeout sort of uh, the, the timeout section or whatever it was whenever it would you sound educated yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to remember what the terms <laughs> they would use but it, eventually the the purchase would time out and it would sell back and you'd lose if you were up profit or loss it didn't matter cop it, it yeah was. exactly yeah. um and eventually it went from like 60 days to like two days so if you chose the wrong it was so temperamental um so i stopped using it but so i, it I was just like very there's a bit of leverage or, or debt mm. in there to be able to buy more bitcoin than you're actually buying yeah that's exactly um, what yeah. it was so i would literally just uh, i just timed it fluked it timed it perfectly mm. i invested maybe a thousand dollars in and then within three weeks i had twenty thousand dollars and then i just cashed out and then and then so, a huge crash happened. <laughs> so le- is that leveraging? Because Wolfie always talks about that. Mm. Wolfie's another comic who's a – Yeah, shows. that's – So leveraging is when you're betting against or for a stock to go up? No, no? leverage is when you take um, take on extra risk via um, debt. So – That sounds so bad. So it means that you – it's like you you had a 1000 bucks in your betting account yeah. and mm-hmm. then you wanted to bet $2,000 on this game tomorrow. Yeah. And then <sighs> – 
you, ah. you enter an agreement with Sportsbet or whoever who's going to lend you the thousand bucks. But it, you know, if everything goes wrong, you're yeah, liable extra, for an extra thousand dollars. Maybe they're taking security over some some other asset. That yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Like, so it's I'm like not a double sure or nothing. Was, but yeah, <laughs> is there is like an in, an interest on that as well? Yeah, usually. Wow. Usually, yeah, it's pretty high. It's pretty risky. So you need to be very certain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I would say is that don't fuck with leverage. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like it's 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 tempting when you when you don't have like a um, a lot of money to start with. You know, it's yeah. tempting to, to mm. say, oh, well, maybe I'll I'll go ten times the amount that I have or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would just say that you know that then you start trading on. On um, on margin calls, which is like uh, you know, if the price of this asset drops to a certain amount of money, they will just take the asset from you yeah. and sell it instantly, and you lose your initial money as well. So it's like you c- you don't have as much leeway in terms of like if a bad if the market were to drop really bad the next day, you can get really wrecked. Um, yeah, so and and people in crypto, they know these levels that people are getting margin called at, and there's a lot of manipulation in it. You could have someone who owns so much Bitcoin one day, know that there's a margin call level. Let's say it's trading at 32, but at 30,000, a lot of people are going to get margin called and have to sell their Bitcoin. So yeah. they will sell Bitcoin to below 30,000 and at 30,000, those margin calls click in and then it'll gap down. It'll drop even further because all this Bitcoin has to be sold to, so, to yeah. a market that might not want to buy it. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then that whale who initiated that big crash will come in and buy crypto again at the bottom. Mm. Um, is that what, yeah, that um, makes sense. Is that what Elon Musk did? Because he, he, he sold a shitload at one point and it just crashed the, do, uh, the the value and then he I think he repurchased. Yeah, no, it's it, it, he didn't repurchase. He sold 10% of Tesla's holdings uh, to prove its liquidity and what that means is to prove that he could sell it and that he could go back to cash if he needed it. Okay. Um, and then he stopped accepting it as a form of payment for Tesla's because of its environmental impact. And the environmental impact comes from that mining thing that we talked about before. It's like running a whole bunch of gaming rigs all rigged up to each other. A lot of energy. And Um, that's that's one of the questions we had, um, which we can get into that now quickly, was the carbon footprint that Adam Gray, um, he sent in a question this morning, like, what are your thoughts on the carbon footprint that it does yeah. leave behind? So we kind yeah. of go all over the shop with our no, podcast, no, but yeah, so fine. to come all the way back, so crypto, we've got the mining, yeah. uh, you got to mine it to get there. Now to mine it, originally it didn't take a lot of um, energy or power, right? Yeah, yeah, because there weren't many miners and the, there's this other, I'm getting a little bit more technical here, but as more people start to mine it, the difficulty to mining it goes up. So yeah. you need more and more machines to mine the same amount of Bitcoin essentially. Okay, yeah. So smart, um, this which is that wrote the program. Yeah, so it's just essentially more electricity, more, yeah, more energy. More electricity, that, uh, like guarantees the Bitcoin network. So, what are your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah. Like, does that does yeah. that concern you at all? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, it it is it is concerning, and I suppose I'll frame it like this: so everything uses electricity, almost everything uses electricity or energy. Um, but we're okay with certain things to mm. use energy or electricity so long as we get value from them. Yeah. Now, I think where a lot of people come with the Bitcoin thing is they just think the Bitcoin has zero value. Um, they don't understand how it could help people around the world. And it can because it is this decentralised currency that, you know, let's say you're living in Venezuela or something like that where your currency gets inflated every day. 
yeah. that is actually purchasing power protection. And, you know, you might not be able to go and buy USD, but you can go online and buy Bitcoin. Yeah. And, mm. and you've seen in um, in Ukraine, it was quite handy there for a lot of people in their What happened there? Their homes. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's been it's, – it's, I think in the last sort of six months, there's been a pretty good yeah. use case of, of what – how Bitcoin can do good. Yeah. Um, so first of all, you know, if you if you just don't think that Bitcoin has any value, then I can't have a conversation about, uh, you know, the, the footprint. If yeah. You, if you believe that, then we're just yeah. You, we just can't move forward on this conversation because you you just think, why would you burn electricity for something that has no value? Therefore, yeah. it's a waste of we're ruining the planet for yep. for nothing. Yeah. But if you can get past that and say, yeah, there's there's a value there. Then you you know you just need to say all right well is it worth burning this much electricity and I mean if if all of the generation was from coal and, and fossil fuels then yeah. you know it'd be a pretty bad thing but yeah. increasingly investors um, are demanding ESG outcomes which is environmental social and governments governance and um, so personally like I can't invest in certain companies if they you know, don't tick a few boxes for me from an ethical standpoint. Yeah. Um, what are you? What's the nickname for that? Like an ethical investor or something? Yeah. Do they get I given guess a, so. a title? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, like you, you know, ESG is the sort of broad term yeah, okay. for it. But investors care a lot more about that, and and they put pressure on companies to to be better by saying, you know, oh, we're not going to fund your next capital raise because you haven't done anything about climate change yet, or yeah. you haven't got any women on your board, or yeah. this kind of thing. And then all of a sudden. They're forced to do these things so that they can continue with their business because yeah. the investors are kind of there driving the the Fuck. public sentiment. That would be so fucking frustrating if you've got a great way and your business is making money, but mm. because some people don't like the fact that you don't have, you know, a woman on your board or a man on your board, depending on who it is, or if you're not doing yep. X, Y, Z. You're like, well, fuck, man, I'm making you money. Yeah, yeah. Why all of a sudden are you holding me at ransom for something that I've yeah. created myself, which would be quite frustrating yeah. as a business like owner. And it's like the last five years that that's, that's been a thing because before yeah. those CEOs would have just, you know, gone about their their business just, and yeah. that. So, yeah. I mean, so from a from from the mining perspective, so when Tesla came out and said we don't like the the environmental side of things, you know, like there was a lot of, a lot of fuss about that and, and Bitcoin sold off pretty hard. People were like, writing a lot of articles about it. Um, reality is that it's very hard to verify where where the electricity that goes into the yeah. So Because it could be from your renewable energy. Yeah, a lot of right? – like I'll, I'll give an example. We, we backed pretty early a company called um, Mawson's Infrastructure Group and they're listed on the NASDAQ. It's an Aussie-based crypto mining company. Mm. They're 80% renewable at the moment. Yeah, right. Um, and – they actually provide a pretty interesting um, service to renewable energy generators. So let's say you've got a solar farm, right, and you've built it out um, during the day, you know, let's say only like 50% of it is, is getting drawn by the local population. You've got excess power generation. Yeah. You, like to store that energy in batteries is super expensive to, to build out a battery pack and I hope like – more and more of that will happen yeah. so that then they can use that electricity at night and the, everyone comes home from work. Which but is way more usually. Yeah. Everyone's on their is that the, computers um, and TVs <laughs> and aircon and Yeah, is that the pros and cons of like it, it takes a huge carbon footprint to create a battery but then long term you've got this battery that can store this energy for longer? Is that um, it's not so much that. It's just that batteries are, are kind of 
in short supply right now. So to, okay. to and, and and they are expensive as well. So is like, that because of materials or like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Materials. So like raw materials going into um, batteries. I suppose in five years we're going to be in a really tough spot because you know a lot of people transitioning to EVs, a lot of green energy projects wanting to stationary battery storage. Yeah. There's just not enough lithium. There's not, not enough of the other metals like um, to invest in them. <laughs> oh yeah, you should. Yeah, 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 totally. I think that that's a that's a, a cool a cool thing. What are those materials? Uh, out of like lithium, nickel, nickel yeah. Uh, copper. Yeah. Sorry, we cut you off there. So yeah, the Morsons they've got this yeah, uh, yeah. at night time when you come home. Yeah. Oh yeah. So so they'll go to the the energy generator, the the solar um, farm, and say, look, we'll take all of your your um, your excess power and then when people start coming home we'll scale down we'll turn off machines so that you, you can provide all the power that you can to the um, local population so are they going there to, to mine crypto with their yeah so it could be in the wheat belt energy. and they go and you set yeah. up next to the solar farm to, yeah. to mine yeah. wow they'll go on site wow so so essentially what what that does when you think about that is the per, the company that owns the the solar farm um, this big energy company has invested a lot of, into this solar panel project. Now all of a sudden the whole project's underwritten by this Bitcoin miner. They're mm. selling all of their energy. Now they can go on and build another one. Like they can take that full capacity plant wow. and go to the, another one and, and they'll know in the back of their mind that they can tap on, on, on Mawson and say, hey, do you guys want to set up a mining rig at the next one until <laughs> we get <laughs> You know, like it, yeah. it, makes, it makes sense that it could almost progress renewable energy in some ways. So wow. I, th- look, this is one miner that I'm talking about and, yeah. and a lot of the North American miners uh, are actually really progressing well towards renewables. A lo- I mean, m- the must thing was a good thing because it did draw a lot of attention to the industry and most of these companies are publicly listed so yeah. they have investors to answer to and investors are thinking like, well, do I want to buy the brown coal, you know, Bitcoin miner or the yeah. renewable Bitcoin miner? Like, yeah, which a, one am I going to do? It's kind of an easy Pretty choice. simple choice, yeah. Yeah, so that that's – I guess that's my long-winded answer to the, yeah. to the Bitcoin yeah. footprint thing. Like, you got to first think that it's worth something, but then also you got to know that there are options to, to invest in green Bitcoin mining and that if enough investors, investors care about it and choose to invest in the green Bitcoin miners, yeah. then, you, you know, the coal ones might go out of business. So, yeah. you know – Wow, that's fucking insane. It's something I haven't even considered before. Not at all. No, like, not at all. What happens when the last Bitcoin's mined, though? Or they, do they just switch? Yeah, they, no, they, they actually they hope that the transaction fees at that point will be enough to keep the network running. So as a miner, you earn the transaction fees and the Bitcoin mining reward. Right. But, you know, this is like 60-something years in the future or something okay. when the last Bitcoin is mined because every four years the, the amount of Bitcoin you can mine is halved yep. so it keeps even though there's like a small amount left the keeps amount that you get rewarded smaller. keeps getting smaller uh, so so it kind of it'll so go for a while i can't believe a human created that yeah man. like yeah, and yeah. That, how long ago was bitcoin 2000 um, just after it was yeah it was like what 2011 or 2012 yeah because yeah. that's still like mm. that's a lot of forward thinking because there's technology that's not even invented that's going to make mining it easier and they've accounted for that by halving it down like it's such a it's such a futuristic play Mm. It's just a, it's an out of the out of the box way of thinking. It's a different way of thinking, mm. and most people ju- would give up mm. on an idea like that. It's crazy. Yeah, so well, there what were are lots some of attempts before Bitcoin um, at, at making that online currency that failed? So you know, what is yeah. the appeal to? Because I feel like the the biggest appeal 
to online digital currency is the the lack of governance by the state yeah. and the central the decentralization of it. So there's um, <clears throat> there's I guess this, the the fear of that from a government side of things is there's money laundering. There's ways that you can sort of um, pay people in other for dirty deeds and whatnot, I mm. guess, and they won't be able to tell what it's for or what it's, mm. what's happening. So I've seen at the world uh, world government summit, they're talking about one creating their own digital currencies mm-hmm. and um, and two centralizing it and, and regulating mm. digital currencies. Is there like a big concern for people like yourself, or is there just a concern in that to begin with? Because I think the detachment from the state is the biggest appeal of mm. uh, digital currency. I uh, yeah. Look, I think that yes, it would be ideal that the if there were central bank digital currencies, like if we had one here, that it that it was were to be dis- decentralized, but to be honest, it's probably not going to be. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to – the cool thing about them is they allow you to do certain things and achieve certain things because it's smarter like than money. Like Silk Road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but like if, you, like if you said, for example, like we made a, a digital Aussie dollar and then we went into a recession and we wanted to give out stimmy checks to everybody, like let's say we want to give everyone 500 bucks. Yep. But we don't want them to fuck off to Bali and spend it. We yeah. want them to spend it in, yeah. in Perth. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we could yeah. put a rule on the on the currency to say that this has to be spent within two months in Perth, you know, like or something like that. So like I think Is that a concern that, though? Yeah, that's kind of Because scary, is that. that like with the you see the trucker convoy in Canada, mm. bank accounts being frozen for yeah. donating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not suggesting that it's it's under the guise of a good idea, yeah. but at the same time doesn't mean it can't be abused by the state, which is, again, going against what yeah. they're trying to achieve. So I think that that Canadian trucker thing was quite an interesting positive for Bitcoin and, and what it really, for those who don't know the story, they... Yeah, we can explain it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they, there was a um, a protest in, in that was shutting down the streets. Was it Toronto? Yeah, oh, it was across basic, yeah, yeah all of Canada. Cities. Yeah, yep. okay. Um, and... And these truckers, are, you know, stop working to to protest for higher wages or, or lack of no, it was mask mandates. It was, it was man, it was yeah. mandates and, and government oversight in yeah. general. Yep. Yeah. And <clears throat> and then uh, yeah, supporters of of the cause were donating Bitcoin to these truckers because they said this is the way to circumnavigate. They'd already had their bank accounts frozen. These truckers. Mm. Um, we could circumnavigate it with crypto, which is insane to think. Already, that a government can just say, "Hey, you're protesting it's against terrifying. the state. Yeah, you're protesting against our oversight, yeah. and we're just going to say, no, nah, you can't spend your money anymore.' That's ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. Big, so that's a with. real positive for, for Bitcoin in the at the very first instance. But then they went to ban mm. and block your Bitcoin accounts. Mm. And how they're able to do this is because, um, so a company like Coinbase that operates in um, in Canada will require a licence to, to offer their services there from the government. So when the government says, hey, we're going to revoke your licence unless you, you know, blacklist all these names um, and block their accounts, then, um, you know, you, yeah, so they would have threatened them to, to do that. And and I guess it, it goes to this, this, um, this notion of uh, not your keys, not your coins. And what that means is that when you own, Bitcoin or hold Bitcoin on a on an exchange, it's 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 not actually in your wallet. It's mm. in the exchange's wallet, mm. and then they have the custody of it ultimately. Mm. And in a situation like this, it's really exposed the the, the I guess the downside of keeping your crypto on an exchange. So, mm. um, what it does show is that 
people kept donating Bitcoin to these guys after all of that happened. They just went not through exchanges. They went through custodial wallets, which are ones that you can download on your computer mm. or like little USBs. Then you can just plug into internet anywhere and send Bitcoin to anyone. Nobody mm. can stop you. How did they find the truckers? Would that would they have to have to put their details up yeah, somewhere? Yeah, so they, they, when they asked for a donation, they put a wallet address on social media. Oh, I see. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one can get into that wallet without the key, hey, except for you. It's no, almost in- if, if, if that wallet was on a Binance or a, or a Coinbase or whatever, yeah. then they could just block it. You know, yeah. stop you from it, in, so. it is terrifying that the the state that you're protesting against can then freeze your assets so you can't protest against them. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's, is it's in, yeah. yeah. It's total um it, I mean it's the kind of shit you see in like yeah, well, and I guess the the thing about the World Government Summit where I found it's like it's it's sort of it's uh, in plain sight, but it's closed doors. So you have to be invited to go, and they have this conversation within themselves, but just they film it so everyone can everyone can see. And these are unelected officials making comment and and advising governments on how we can you know run our finances. It's just so it can benefit them, yeah. which yeah. for me is just like it's, it's insanity. It's, we're letting the people who run the world um, make the decisions mm. so they can further run the world. <laughs> it's just crazy. It, yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, it's even spookier right now when you've got, you know, Putin and Biden all armed to the teeth, just two men that can yeah. decide to end the world if they want. So well, one guy who Biden would do it accidentally. <laughs> 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 Fall asleep on the button. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so we we did hit on a point there which maybe we can exp- expand on so um mm-hmm. so we got the crypto you mine it you get it it's worth the value it halves which makes it more valuable because it's harder to get um right so the, the 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 amount of coins don't have the amount of coins you get from mining it halves oh okay sorry so, how, so the amount of coins flows, are the same how that flows through to you if you held bitcoin yeah is that, you know, every day a miner's mining Bitcoin and then they sell the Bitcoin yeah. to buy more mining machines. That's essentially how their business works. Wow. So, so there's always a selling pressure from the miners as they get their new Bitcoin. There's always a certain portion of that new Bitcoin that will go onto the market and yep. as you reduce that supply, if demand stays the same, price should go up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Fire surprised up. how much I'm learning in just a brief conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is incredible. I know it's very base yeah, what yeah. we're doing, but it's is I've got already got so much more understanding yeah. of what big oh, not Bitcoin digital currency and blockchain is. Yeah, it's incredible. So from there, uh, we hit on um, a digital wallet. So people mine it, then they've got two choices. Is that right? You can keep it on a server, or you can put it in your wallet. Yeah, there's yeah. there's. There, yeah, there's two main choices. It, there's a lot of different choices within them. Like you oh, know, yeah? whether you have it on a uh, a razor, a hard, was it? Yeah, like a hardware yeah. wallet or or just on a on a computer wallet. Yeah. Um, what? Surely the hardware wallet's the safest. Yeah, because it's disconnected from the internet. Yeah. So if somebody got control of your computer and somewhere you had saved your passwords or something like that, then yeah. maybe one of your computer wallet ones could could get breached. Yeah. Um, they're still pretty hard to breach. Okay. Um, and they always tell you when you write down your secret seed phrase to mm. put it on paper and not store it in your computer. So there's definitely some best practices that you can yeah. you can do to protect yourself from hacks. Yeah. So like my sister's been hacked on, on Binance before because she really? had two-factor authentication and she lost all of her crypto. Whoa. Quite a bit, so. Wow. 
Yeah, and so and I there's no say, insurance against that. No, no, none, because somebody just Fuck. had had got access to her email, um, and then from there had, had had requested a new password and locked her out and transferred everything off. That's such a good hack for them. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. Jesus. Yeah. Devastating. Um, Does she know how they got it? Well, yeah, it's 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 the it's having but like how they got page. into her email. Oh yeah, nah. Just she wow. Had, nah, she just had to change passwords and all that kind of that's thing. That's so scary. So two-factor authentication. Yeah, because that yeah. that stops the remote um, actors from from getting at your um, stuff that is stored on an exchange. So I keep oh. crypto on an exchange. I don't have everything offered in safe little wallets in yeah. safes. You know, like I have a core amount of Bitcoin hiding in a safe that's disconnected from the internet, but. Yep. I like to earn yield on some of my Bitcoin, put it to work. So what does yield mean? Yield means when you make money off as it increases? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, no, it depends on, 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 on it. It just means getting paid for your, for your coins. Essentially, you can lock them up and stake them, which is uh, another way of um, verifying transactions on a blockchain like mining. Explain. This is so interesting. So proof of stake is, um, is actually what Ethereum will become in the next, within the next six months or maybe by the end of the year. Yeah. Um, it's going to be called Ethereum 2.0 then. <laughs> um, but essentially it takes it from this heavy intensive mining um, verification method to you, um, you, you stake your crypto. So if you held Ethereum and you have a certain amount, you can stake it. and Like a bet? You just put it, you lock it away somewhere yep. on this website yep. and that proves that you own a portion of the network and – then you're you're running a node, so that means you're you've got that ledger of all the different transactions, yep. and you're verifying it by having a certain amount staked. You'll get paid a percentage uh, on on that staked amount. It's going to be about five percent. Why something. would someone pay you a percentage? That's what I do. Because you're yeah. validating you're validating transactions for the network. You're you're allowing oh. the network to to actually operate. So instead of having to mine it, you hold it. You, you are the it. mine. Yeah, yeah. You're and the they're mine. like, yeah. yeah. So you you have to run a node though. So it's like you have to have thirty two ETH, um, and then run a node, and then you can get paid for being a staker. Right, and to run a node means you've got a certain amount of Ethereum in a in a row. Yeah, you have. You'll have to have thirty-two. Then you'll have to have some software that has the um, runs the ledger on it. Right. Now that's pretty advanced. Yeah, right. I, I'm not going to do that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. For your average person, yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah. fucking hard, man. Yeah, and and it's hard to get to thirty-two ETH as well at the moment. Yeah. You know. Wow. Because well, what would that be worth? Thirty-two yeah, ETH. I don't know. What, what's an ether at the moment? Three thousand. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. It's about three thousand. So nearly a hundred grand. Well, is it because? Like <laughs> we had a big, yeah, so what has actually, um, what, what, what's happened over the last yeah. few days? Cause it's just everything. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So m- the crypto basically trades like a, a risk asset. And, and what I mean by that is that, um, you could like, uh, look at all, all of the stocks and the stock market and, and divide them into sort of different categories. And, and you would say that tech is, is higher risk than, than um, say like a petrol company or something yeah. like that. Because um, it can be outdated and, and upgraded and someone better can come along? It's or? actually just valued differently. Okay. So like when you look at software or, or like a high growth company, you um, you value it at a multiple of future earnings. Mm. Sounds complicated and, and, it, and it's weird that they do it this way, but um, they might say like Tesla is currently valued at, you know, uh, Know, 25 times 2025 earnings. So mm. somebody is predicting the earnings in 2025 yep. and then applying a multiple 
So a number that they're going to multiply that revenue by or that earnings by yep. and then that's going to give them the stock price. Yep. So when you have times of um, inflation or, or rising interest rates, um, they start to discount that future earnings um, as the interest rates start to go up. And yep. why they do that is because um, basically you start to have a, an opportunity cost uh, or, or a decision to make. You're like, do I take a risk on a on paying for this company that's valued at, you know, a couple of years away, future earnings, and mm. we don't know what's going to happen there? Or do I just take this 2% in the bank now? Yeah. You know, like... Because it's safer. Yeah, and that's yeah. got no risk. And yeah. it's like, you know... There's a, that also kind of flows on to if you're leveraged up, if, you, if you've borrowed money, the money starts to get more expensive to pay mm. off and, and then, you know, you can't take as big a bets on your, on your stocks, so multiples compress. So you've seen this year, you know, inflation's through the roof and the government, you know, is forced to raise interest rates all around the world. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's only logical, right? Like mm. we can't keep increasing all the time without any stop gaps yeah. or any way to... It was always going to happen at yeah. some point. Oh, People yeah. like, oh, the economy has to keep going. It's like, fuck, man, at some point you gotta, it's got to slow down and it's got, you can't always exponentially yeah. well, increase. That quantitative easing question that you talked about before yeah. that somebody was going to ask was... Um, oh, do you want me to read it yeah, out? Yeah, read it out. Yeah. yeah. So um, we've got... Branchy. Uh, it says... Do you think the US stock market will crash or do you think there will be quantitative, more quantitative easing from devs? Yeah, well, I mean, during, during 2020 COVID, they, they printed a lot of money mm -hmm. um, through stimulus checks, uh, through just buying bonds and equities. Um, they inflated the asset market essentially. Um, and printing money is not good because it's not backed by any gold no, right. so it used to, used to be that all money was backed by gold, right? Yeah. Like, um, so there was a finite supply of money almost because there was a finite supply of gold. Yeah. Um, and then they went off that method in the 70s. Mm -hmm. Now they, central banks think it's okay to increase the money supply mm. in certain times, in certain conditions. Whatever helps them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally, yeah. totally. And I, look, I'm not going to sit here and say that we – shouldn't have gotten paid stimmy checks and that kind of stuff during yeah. during COVID. A lot of people needed it and all those yep. all those things that they did to, you know, pay for people's wages really helped a lot of people. So. Mm. But one of the unintended consequences of that is that there's a lot more money sloshing around in the system and, and, and when you get a, a supply shortage that we're having now where, you know, microchips are in short supply and battery minerals are in short supply. and Even toilet paper. Yeah, all this kind <laughs> everything of stuff. Everything that we want, Everything yeah. that goes into building everything we like is in short supply and you've got more money and less things. Things go up in price and yeah. you saw it in cars. So the cost of living increases. Yeah. And, and then oil was like the, the, the thing that no one saw coming was this U Ukraine war and um, the price of oil, you know, shot up and oil touches every product, right? Yeah. Like... To, to make an iPhone, I wonder how much oil is in that. Yeah. And transporting things around, like literally. No, well, we spoke about it with, um, and specifically in the States, I think like a lot of their fertilizer comes from Russia. Mm. Um, and then obviously the oil they use and, and whatnot. And so it all ends up going towards the food and then the transportation to the to the suppliers and all that. So yeah. it, it's a tri it, like a trickle down effect, I guess. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So there was a huge inflation shock to everybody. Nobody really thought it would get this bad. In fact, last year there were signs of inflation and everyone was saying it was ignoring transitory. It, eh? It's going to go away. You know, we're just going to work through these supply chain congestions, this shipping 
issues we've got, all this yeah. stuff. Head in the just, sand. Head in the sand. Yeah. yeah. And and they were really slow to react. Saving so, face? Like our decisions have created this. They're, they're not admitting it. But yeah. I think everybody knows that, that the Fed made a mistake and they were too slow to recognise inflation. And I'm talking about the American yeah. one. And, and I would say the Australian RBA here too has been yeah. very slow. Like New Zealand raising rates a few months before us and it was pretty clear that the whole world was going to be experiencing the same yeah. kind of inflation. Yeah. It's like if we ignore it, it's not happening. Yeah. And then you've got to open your isn't eyes. That, and isn't that one of those situations where you spoke about this in regards to another topic, but like, you know, this is what we – the decisions we made at the time we felt were the right decisions, yeah. um, but now we need to reassess and 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 pivot. Yeah. And because they don't want to admit that they maybe made a couple of errors, um, this has never happened before – in every sort of aspect, uh, they don't want to go backwards and, and make those decisions. And now we're actually suffering mm. because they're, of their lack of action. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'd agree with that entirely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, going back to quantitative easing, quantitative easing was yeah, yeah. I guess so. They they did more QE than than they've ever done in the last few years. I mean, I think they almost doubled the supply of money in the states over like three or four years, which is <laughs> not can't be good. No, it's not. And that, that's. One of the huge arguments for Bitcoin, and sadly, it doesn't trade like it like it should as mm. a store of value. Um, it's being treated like a risk asset now. And my theory on that is that we were like, as an industry, really wanting institutions to come in and take a position in Bitcoin and put it on their balance sheets. And that started to happen last year with Tesla and some of the other yeah. big companies. However, when you've got like professional finance people looking at an investment in Bitcoin, they're going to treat it like a risk asset and they're going to put the same filters that they put over their current portfolio and say, if rates go up, we need to sell. Yeah. You know, like we'll sell our tech and we'll sell our risk assets. Is, yeah. is this leading towards, and this is where conspiracy theorists come into it, you know, you hear the new world order they always talk about and the one world currency, the, the centralised currency um, where everything gets so bad where they just have to completely fuck off the fun- the current financial system and go to this new one. They call it the Great Reset. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that where – are we literally either intentionally or unintentionally on, on path for that? I, I'm going to just say that's above my pay grade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Yeah, okay. Like I, I, know, I know what you're talking about yep. yeah. and part of the reason that I hold Bitcoin is for that eventuality. Okay. Like, you know, if you just – like an insurance policy, right? Mm-hmm. If you had 1% of your wealth in Bitcoin and the great reset were to happen, mm-hmm. that 1% will protect you completely. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, that's that's a that's a reason to hold it. Um, it's not why I hold all my crypto. There's ones that I hold for different reasons. Yeah. Well, you're talking about before you like to have something that has use. What crypto have you found that has use? Because there's so many that – just put it out, hope to get a short, it like pump up and then catch you later, then they're gone. Yeah. I got fucking ripped off a grand I put into some fucking crypto that launched and it just never launched. <laughs> yeah. It was they kept counting down and it froze and, oh, and everyone shit. just lost all their money. So yeah. um, what are some that you use that you think have value and what can you use them for? I know there's some that you can use in video games and, yeah. and stuff yeah. like so, that. So like um, I suppose the the, the – ETH is probably the, the biggest one because all of the um, Web3, I'm going to use a, a term here that people might not know, but Web3 is essentially the next level of internet where Whoa. you connect your own wallet to a, a digital website, a, um, an application, 
and then you don't log in, you just connect your wallet that sits in your browser and then you can interact with um, value in that application. And what I mean by that is you can spend your crypto in it. Um, But it's you deciding to spend it, it's in your wallet, self-custody, but I guess that leads into, um, I guess, the gaming space and crypto and play to earn. Um, A lot of it is built on the Ethereum blockchain or the layer two solutions like Matic or Solana, um, things that help help, um, scale the Ethereum um, blockchain, essentially um, make the transactions cheaper. Okay. Because they are more centralized. Um, so there's certain projects where, like, yeah, Matic, Solana, where you can get, you know, millions of transactions a second for a fraction of a, of a cent or yeah. free. Um, but they have drawbacks because they're centralized. It means that there's only like 20 nodes that are owned by the blockchain company and they run it and they have a lot of power over it. But so they allow it. for high throughput and allow you to, you know, enter 100 digital horse races in a day and not pay anything. Yeah. If you were to do 100 Ethereum transactions, you know, it would cost you lots of ETH. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Can we talk about that, uh, the digital horse races and, and the digital owning a digital horse? Mm-hmm. Like how does that work? Because we've spoken about Squarely owning one or buying one or investing yeah. in one or whatever. Yeah. What, what is it? <laughs> okay, so it's, a, it's an Aussie startup called Zed Run. Of course um, it is. Horse racing. <laughs> yeah. Actually from some punters that, you know, like worked for sports betting companies wow. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. I think they saw back in 2017 there was this project called Crypto Kitties, which was the first like NFT thing and it actually like broke the Ethereum blockchain. It slowed it down so much. There were so many people breeding these little kittens together. Um, yeah. 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 And then they're like – I don't know. I don't. I never played that game. Yeah. So but it, explain but the, so bre- like, the like, breeding. It's I like Tamagotchi. Yeah. So you got like if you have two NFTs with different traits or something like that. So two pictures. Yeah. And you breed them together. It would create another picture. And so I don't and know someone what would do. create a program for them to breed in. Hey? Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is more towards NFTs. Yeah. This is NFTs now. Yeah. So so like the the yeah basically you would do this action of putting these two NFTs together, but in reality you were just minting a new NFT, which is creating a new NFT. Yeah. And it, and it must have carried some traits from like its parents or something what, like that. Like what is an NFT, like really, yeah. very broadly, what is an NFT? An NFT stands for non-fungible token, but fun- and fungible means it can't be broken down or, or it's just – so it, it – it is, it, it is its current form. So, so essentially a piece of art that can't be like chopped up or, or duplicated or copied and pasted, you know. Yeah. You can copy and paste it, but it won't be on the blockchain. <laughs> yeah, 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 You know, like yeah. you won't be able to do anything with that copy okay. and paste. So yeah. essentially like NFTs now, they range from all different kinds of projects. There's ones that interact in, in games, so they can be characters in a game or a horse, you know, horse racing game or something mm. like that. Or it can be a like a – a profile picture that has a promise to some future thing. So like the Board Ape Yacht Club is the most famous um, yeah. NFT collection and they've got a big roadmap of, you know, if you if you hold a Board Ape, you can come on the yacht that they're going to buy with it one day and you're going to be able to yep. get access to this digital metaverse and all these kinds of um, – Okay. Uh, they promise you these things. So that's like a lot of projects out there in the NFT space are just – art projects basically that mm. are kind of like a ticket to something. Yeah. So like Gary V, for example, he mm. draws his own pictures, turns them into NFTs. Mm-hmm. The 
shittest little cartoons ever and then he creates them into a digital token and then you can buy them. What yeah. like for him does he provide some sort of value like Well, I don't know what he I don't know him specifically. So like you could just have art that just is represented as art and that yeah. you can view it on your computer mm-hmm. um, or you could maybe send it to an art gallery and they can put it up on a screen somewhere. So yeah. like that's like the purest form yeah. of an NFT that has no utility yeah. essentially. It's, it's like just human perception it's just, giving it value. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But is that what it's art cultural, is cultural anyway? Significance. Cultural yeah. significance. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what art is. So you need a cultural significant, culturally significant event in an artist's career for them to for their art to be worth something. Yeah, might or, be them dying. You know, like yeah, like them dying. <laughs> yeah, literally. So does that then become a, an issue for money laundering and things like that, which we see with um, people doing Biden. it with art? We, yeah, we see that with Hunter Biden fucking painting, probably naked, <laughs> um, on canvas and selling it. Usually, you'd assume we're just making a big assumption here, so mm. not not fact but like you'd assume he's using that for influence with his father um is that what other people will be doing like money laundering i'll uh give you this piece of i'll pay you four hundred thousand dollars for this piece of art i'm actually paying you to kill someone yeah it's for an art <laughs> yeah Fuck. but it's for art <laughs> you know what I, mean? it's I wasn't a, expecting it to go that nah, way then. but <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but that's probably the but, yeah. but and in, i'm or talking illegal grand have it talk to my you know my manager in this or this director of a company yeah you've got access now that's that's a nicer way of doing it yeah well yeah, done, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i suppose i suppose like yeah there, there's going to be like nefarious sort of yeah. um things with, with everything um i mean you could you can point to art being used like that or even cash cash is like the biggest mm-hmm. um thing for the black market yeah. and, and the government actively services its cash you know like it yeah. prints it it, mm. it lets you use it and mm. and one of its main key things is that it is anonymous right like yeah. that's what makes cash cash mm. yeah. um so you know like there's always going to be things like that i think nfts just solve taking you know a piece of art and putting it on online and making it scarce, you know, yeah. making it a one-off. So if we were to start like, for example, a hard yarns NFT, yeah. put it on the blockchain, promise that, okay, once we've sold 10,000 of our 40,000 available, mm. um, you're going to be involved in a amazing race mm. that we can then uh, say the winner will be getting $50,000. We've made, you know, $250,000 anyway mm-hmm. so the $50,000 is nothing towards us and that promise is a like yeah. the value is in the fact that you have a chance of winning $50,000 plus yeah. it like he's making that public off yeah, he's thought no. about this this is actually he's some, like this is an idea this I is an idea 100%. but is that yeah. is that yeah. sort of what you could do create yeah. value in that yeah like I was on a and if you are a listener and you would be interested in that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that's no, something I was, I'm th- I was on I a website about. the other day and they were like do you want to participate in the mint and then you'll get free access to all like the professional tools of this website um for a lifetime if you participate in this little cat. So it's basically capital raising can, it can be used in that way as well. Mm-hmm. So like you're saying, if you wanted to raise some funds to buy some new equipment or something, then you could you could promise that, you know, you get invited to all of our like, I don't know, live podcast shows and yep. all of these different things in forever. the future. Forever. And that's worth $400. Yeah, now it's worth $400. Yeah. And that can be traded around, you know, that can be sold to someone else. And, and then if, yeah. you, if you sell that... Do you, do you not get a profit as well as the owner, yeah. the creator? Yeah, so you can build into your NFT a royalty structure. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and that's one of the more interesting um, aspects of it is that, you know, like this board Ape group that designed them, they're selling for, you know, sometimes a million bucks at a time, these, yeah. these um, NFTs, and there's a 5% royalty commission that always goes to Yuga Labs who created board Apes. And 
in perpetuity, in perpetuity so like forever, forever. Yep. That will Crazy. keep getting any time it, it transacts and there's been billions of dollars worth of transactions. Wow. So it's a serious business and when you think about like a business that has revenue forever guaranteed as mm. long as that's a culturally significant thing, yeah. there's not really many out there that oh. have, a, have a runway like that. So if it can be a really successful project long term then that royalty thing is – Quite a cool. Mm. Mm. Let's do that, Delby. Yeah, but, let's start a hard well, yarns thing. The flip side is, bought your ape club. They might just never buy a yacht, and just after a while, people go, "This is fucked," and then sell off, and it's worth yeah. nothing. Yeah, I think it's been yeah. slightly de-risk because um, that company's taken big investment from some pretty um, well. Yeah, are there, are there so legalities involved? In yeah, well, well, now now it's just owned by more people. It's not just a okay. bunch of blokes who started it. It's, now it's got investors to answer yeah. to and stuff like that. But so theoretically, yeah, if we could, were to say we we're going to do this and yeah, then we just went, ah, oh, you know what? We yeah. don't. One of the biggest NFT projects Scary. of recent times called Azuki, the, I just read yesterday the founder of that had done like two previous rug pulls, which is where they create a project and then get some hype around it and then just dump all of their stuff and get out of it entirely. So the founder didn't stick around two projects before Azuki and, and Azuki's were selling for like... 15, 28. They wow. were pretty, pretty expensive mm-hmm. NFTs. And then he's like, yeah, I'm, a, he's, I'm just like a serial rug puller. And he told everyone himself. <laughs> what? And he just bailed. Because everyone's a non, like on, online. <laughs> 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 just, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm really down on this, Delby. I reckon right, we should you create. Wanna rip, you want to rip some people off? No, no, I want to do it right. I want to actually supply and I want to do it well. See, I wouldn't want to give a lifetime because this is just me yeah. thinking. No, 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 not a like, lifetime. I'm like, a lifetime of shows in five years' time when I'm doing stand-up, my ticket's now maybe 30. Maybe in five years there are 100. Yeah, but if you're I'm still, still – giving 30 without – But if you're still inflating. making the profit from that because you'd be taking royalty fees from it. Oh, yeah. yeah if, if it's in going up and up in value, like Delby becomes an international sensation. Fuck, if I own that NFT, I actually get to go to every one of his shows for free. It's probably values. Yeah. Mm. So it would still be valuable to you. And it's kind of like, you know, when you think about that, it's like, they invested in you now when you're not 100. Yeah. And you got that money to go travelling yeah. or, or to do a tour or something like yeah. that, which gets you to that next yeah. level. So basically so they're investing raising. in you. Yeah, yeah. investments, yeah. yeah. So but, um, that's, that's actually something we should talk about, that. even if it's just a, a small amount of NFTs, a 1,000, and then just like at every level, like every 100 NFTs we sell, we provide a certain service and you get access to that by owning the NFT. Yeah. That could be. That well, could work. That's what Patreon is, but without the NFT. Except far more beneficial. Yeah. <laughs> like long. No, no, no. Join Patreon. Yeah, Patreon's yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, I mean, sorry, far more beneficial for which us. Which reminds me, we're going to do a shout out as well. Um, oh yeah, definitely the, at the patrons. But, um, but yeah, the the crypto horses is just an NFT that has a specific trait that mm. goes into a program, and they run that horse. Mm, yeah. So <laughs> so essentially, mate, you're pretty spot on. It's like you know you got you've got an NFT and the horses got blind traits you don't see them so you don't know if it's like a sprinter or a long distance or mid distance um is this when it's a brand new horse yeah let's say you've just bred it yeah and so you have to (laughs) 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 it's a program that that spits it out right random yeah well no it takes takes factors of its parents it traits of its parents so you you try (laughs) but what if you're the first parent what are you just going like okay mine is the fastest in the world now there is a first parent. They're called the Genesis. Horse. Oh, it's so like the Bible. Yeah, the Genesis. Yeah, Genesis horses, and they're like the Adam and they Eve should have the the best sort of genes. Okay, they cost more. So, but do they have uh, a time limit? Do uh, they? Do, do they, they never die. Yeah, they never die. They're, you can retire them, um, or that you will be able to retire them. And they're adding a feature that you can 
start a man. own a horse or send them off to pasture. Yeah, yeah. And they'll give you like a <laughs> Tash will protest item it. To use in the, <laughs> they give you what? Sorry, an item to use in in the game, like a, something that will help you breed next time. Like breed oh. a better horse. Can you start them out? Yeah. So and, and wow. the Genesis horses are there a finite amount, or yep. you can? Yeah. Have they all been bought already? Yeah. Oh, there's. I think the the guys that made the game are holding on to a certain few to keepers like loan horses for new users can come in and, and rent one of these Genesis horses for like a week to try the game out. So most of them are in circulation at the moment. Wow. But so yeah. if you, if you, I mean, if you don't get in early, are you going to get a shit horse or uh, is there no. somewhere every, every now and again, like a magical yeah, thing? Yeah, there's, or- R- there's RNG or random number game, wow. which is where like in every breed there will be like a roll of a dice that oh. kind of, you know, and that's what keeps you coming back. You know? Fuck yeah. Oh, so you could get a big Harvey Diva yeah. off, so, <laughs> off two donkeys. So yeah, you can. Yeah. Where, do you, <laughs> where do you watch these races? Uh, just just on the computer, but you can send like a link to a friend to watch them. All and then can you bet on those races? Just Not yet. Yeah, I think they'll add that, that function in, but but because it's all it's maths and algorithms, yeah. is that not going to be, oh, yeah, be sort of yeah. not as fluctuating as a real life horse bet? Well, yeah. So it, the way that the racing works is it's, it's probably it's I probably don't explain it very well, but they there's like a it is every every horse has a potential to sort of run a time between ten seconds and fifteen seconds over this distance or something yep. like that. Some will have a higher distribution at the quicker yeah, or, yeah, or yeah. lower end. And, yep. and then basically all the horses get put into – the 12 horses get put into a race and they run a 1,000 simulations of this race and then pick one of them and then, oh. you know, that, that's the race that you bet on. So it's a provably fair game. That's what yeah. they say. Um, being based on the blockchain, I think that they can kind of get close to, yeah. to yeah. that. Um, True randomness. Yeah. 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 So, so like really you're not betting on form – on that, it would be pure chance. It, every pretty much every race is is new unless they've run more than ten races in a day. Then they're tired, and then <laughs> you know, like the, what? <laughs> yeah. And so then cool. conditions, like conditions, yeah, would factor in. Would they? Gonna, would, or artificial tracks, conditions? Yeah, they're adding track conditions. So like, you know, soft track, hard track. You can be good wind, at, rain. Yeah. Fuck, that is insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's guess, actually very interesting. It's one way to stop the, if there is any cruelty that they, mm. they think. I, just, I don't think there's much cruelty with what I've experienced. I own. Do you own any real horses? It's only in the. No. It, oh, we own like uh, hobby horses, not hobby. race horses. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's more specifically the race itself, hey? Pushing them to a limit in which yeah. their lungs start to bleed. Yeah, but they fucking get treated so well by the trainers. In, man. in general life. If you're a yeah. horse, what you want to do, man? Run and eat. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I think, run, eat, and fuck, and I that's think what when it the comes, horses do. I think when it comes down to what, what, yeah, the, the I guess the being animal cruelty side of things, it's less the way they're treated in regards to their lifestyle, and more their that one off race. race where yeah. you're pushing them to a limit, yeah. whipping them, and, and honestly, like I, I have really enjoyed horse racing growing up, and then. Uh, the uh, what was it the cup a few years ago where yeah. I bet on the winner and the horse that died yeah mm. and I was like I don't feel good about that at all yeah. and I was like I'm not going to bet on horses anymore but then when I heard about this game I'm like fuck yeah yeah yeah, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. really interested in it yeah. but I was just like yeah so it did, yeah it, it worked for me like I mean I I feel like that would work for other people yeah whether like it'll be a good spectator sport or whatever yeah. like that. Well, that's to be seen. I think it's more if you yeah. own the horse rather yeah. than betting on the race yeah because you're Bet is and how do you make money? So you put your horse in, everyone puts in a stake yeah, each. Yeah, exactly. So you go in like a two dollar fifty race up to a five hundred dollar yeah. race, and then there's these free tournaments that run all the time. So you can just 
race for free if you bought a horse yeah. in the free tournaments and like I won, I don't know. I didn't win the whole tournament but I got a couple of seconds in it and ra- ran pretty deep in one of the early tournaments, won like, I don't know, 3,000 US dollars wow. in one, one night. So Sick. that was like, that was one and of the better. And a free entrance. Yeah, it was wow. all free. So, so like, there's there's potential to come in with with um, you know, you could probably pick up a horse for about thirty to fifty bucks, and they're they're pretty cheap now. The oh. NFT market's got smoked all a right. bit. So, I think um, a few people have <laughs> just start pulled out their phones. It's, so, yeah, yeah, it's complicated though. It's like it's you need to understand Web three to to play, and and, yeah. and sadly, like, that's just something you got to put time into. It's yeah. not like there's there's videos online to show you how to do it, but I recommend people try a Web3 website. Yeah. If they've got any crypto, chuck it in a MetaMask wallet in your browser, which is a built-in browser wallet, um, which allows you to go to these websites and connect to them. Yeah. And then um, check out some of the some of the things that are happening in that space because I reckon that's gonna that's the new frontier of of tech. Cool. Um, and um, as an investor, I'm oops. trying to position myself there yeah because it's hard to understand right older yeah. people don't get it yeah 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 um and i think it's inevitable so i just want to be one of those early people that understands it and encourage other people to oh, at least do that work 100 because i mean two questions there then um first one would be uh, i think we've missed the most basic one of all time how do you buy crypto oh yeah like how do you even get a Bitcoin? How do you buy, how do you buy a wallet? How do you get a wallet? Yeah. Yep. Um, and then the second part was the learning part, which is which is a massive thing. Everyone wants an easy, quick fix, like me included. You want to be able to jump on, mm. do it. Mm. So before crypto was around, were you doing stocks and then you saw potential and you studied a bit and then got into it? I kind of started doing them at the same time. Yeah. Okay. I like I, I used to run a health food store actually in Melbourne. Yep. So I was doing small business. From health food to beer. Yeah. Which we'll talk about after. Yeah. 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 And then um and then when I just started to do investing with my family, I yeah, I looked at, at crypto as an opportunity and got really fascinated by it. Um so yeah, I guess that's I was looking at them at the same time and it took me a long time to be comfortable to talk about it with people. Yeah. You know, even though I knew more than, you know, the people that were asking me questions, I yeah. still didn't think I could answer questions well. So yeah, cool. um, it, it's, com- it's so complicated, right? Yeah. And, and to be a Web3 developer right now is probably the most sought-after job in the world. It's a really hard right. set of skills. Okay. Um, it's complicated. Why is that? Because they use different to, I don't know, yeah. Python and all yeah, the other yeah, stuff. Exactly. So they're, and, they're, and they're building. Yeah, they're building things that people haven't built before, you know. Yeah, wow. Um, so bugs going to be maxed yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, heaps of bugs. Yeah. <laughs> Are you learning how to do that? <clears throat> no. No. No, but so, are you investing in people that do? Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, look, I, I like to. Uh, what, what I love most about investing is learning about lots of different topics. Yeah, yeah. I can sit here and talk about how oil interacts with everything, and yeah. then I can talk about crypto, and yeah, that's cool. what keeps me interested in investing because I'm looking at all kinds of um, industries and opportunities. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I think, uh, yeah. I guess the most frustrating thing is when you think something's going to happen and it doesn't mm. like, or when it's so obvious that something should be happening, but it's not, is that usually an indicator of some form of corruption or something? Is it going to miss? Like for example, the big short, when the guys were back and I mean, and they were like, this should be happening, but it's not. Does that happen sometimes with investments that you look into or is that? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. And, yeah. and, and, um, yeah, if something's not happening in the timeframes that you expected, yeah, that's usually a good sign because you don't 
you don't get like to come into the office of these companies and yeah. ask the CEO some tough questions. Yeah. Um, you know, unless you're a super big shareholder in that company or whatever. So yeah. So yeah, what, what I'd how, how I'd sort of protect yourself against that shit is to to try to whenever you enter an investment, you know, think about the price you're coming in at. Try and buy after some hectic days like yeah. we've just experienced, and then and then sort of set an exit price as well. It's not an yeah. investment if you just hold it forever. Yeah. Um, and and then you know and 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 have an idea of what what takes it from there to there. And if that doesn't happen within your time frame. Then just move on, yeah. you know, and like don't get emotional. That's the hardest part, I think. Yeah, I'm stuck on points. Bet we're talking about pre-party. Like, yeah. I can't understand why it's gone down, and I don't know. If people are yeah, because you're less, but people never gamble less. Because your idea was a, a betting agency can't lose. That's right. They don't lose. Yeah. So why no. isn't the price going back Especially up? Especially one like points bet that's established and it's making its way into America. Confused by by how hard they they got hit. Like maybe there there's a bit of a like. They're getting thrown into like the tech sort of mm. group a little bit, but, yeah. But they generate, you know, lots a lot, of money, a lot of money. Yeah, so. they had record mm. like a hundred million profit. I think the other day they posted like a massive profit, and now they're back down to half of what I bought them for, which is insane because they were at four times what I bought them for. I think they'll they'll rip back when yeah. when, when the when the um actually tomorrow there's this important bit of data, the CPI number for the states comes out. What does that mean? Consumer price index. Yeah, it's basically an inflation um, tool. Yeah, uh, it's not really true inflation because it measures a basket of goods. Yeah, and not every good is included in there. So yep. you might ha- see like wild inflation in something that's not in that basket, and it yep. doesn't give like the toilet trip. paper. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. yeah. So um, so yeah, that if that kind of comes in lower than expectations. Yeah. Market sold off so much. There's a lot of cash just sitting on the sidelines. That when the first bit of good data, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna yeah. see a big rally. I guess the scary part is as soon as something drops, it's scary because you don't want to buy it. But that is that meant to be the time to buy? It? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? that's what I mean, like, because what if it drops more? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it, yeah. At the end of the day, you kind of got to look where it was, where it is now. Like yeah. How much has it come off from its highs, and when it was at its highs? Yeah. Did you think it was a fair price then? Like, yeah. And then. Try and try and figure that out. Um, it can always go down, but if it's already come off fifty percent or something, yeah. How much further down can it go? And yeah. stock markets are looking forward. Yeah. So six months in the future, just use that as a rule of thumb. Yeah, yeah. That's what they're pricing right now. Yeah. So they've got an idea of how many interest rates are happening this year. Yeah. And if inflation is lower than expected, maybe it's a surprise to the upside for us, like less interest rate yeah. hikes. And, so we'll, um, let's use an example, and I'll only use this example because a friend asked about this specifically this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had invested in Luna, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which everything's obviously been fucked for a, for a few weeks and, and specifically mm-hmm. the last few days, I guess. Um, but her uh, – and I'm always, always for the universe works in specific ways. She didn't know we had a crypto thing on and she just mentioned this and I was mm-hmm. like, this is all too good to ask. So four weeks ago she had $1.1 million worth – uh, of Luna and now it's valued at $310,000. Do you, do you look at the potential future six months down the line or do you go, fuck, this is – that's it's reached its peak and now it's sort of um, come yeah. back down? Well, Not saying to give her advice, just no, like no, uh, just like as an example. Luna's one was one of the most promising um, cryptocurrencies in the top 20, I would have said. Um, it actually had really strong performance – to the rest of the cryptocurrency group in this sort of as Bitcoin's been going sideways and 
everything else has been going down. Luna's actually been having a good run. Essentially, the Luna token um, serves as collateral, which means, um, yeah, it, it provides like some security to the Luna stablecoin, which is called UST, US Terra, I think. And um, it's <laughs> this is really complicated. This is an algorithmic stablecoin. So there's not many of the, these. It's very new technology. Essentially, it increases and decreases its the supply of this stable coin to maintain its peg to the US dollar. Peg means it should always be $1 because it's pegged to it. It's like a, you know, imagine, mm-hmm. say here's a dollar yeah. and here's a stable coin. Let's yeah. put them together. Um, when a stable coin loses its peg, it means it either goes above or below a dollar. So what happened to um, Luna's stable coin yesterday or, yeah. Did it get like, hacked? Or anything like that, or is it? I, I actually don't know the me- the mechanical side of things that made it lose its peg, but it went the one dollar coin went down to sixty cents. Wow! So if you were if you were like cashing out to UST um, from Bitcoin to UST, and mm-hmm. then you lose forty percent of your investment in your stable coin, yeah, mm. like you're filthy right now. Yeah. yeah. So that's why the Luna token has sold off, is because their stable coin lost its peg and whether that's a fuck up in their algorithmic code or not i actually haven't done enough research to know yeah. that but I that's the reason why that one's tanked wow. and, and if i was her i'd just be keeping an eye on the stable coin you want it to get back to a dollar as 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 that gets back to a dollar you know you'd think that luna would would pick up with it um and if it struggles for like i don't know more than a week to to regain its peg then I, i'd be looking to move some of that position off not not all of it. Yeah, probably okay. keep some. That's pretty um, scary just to think something you've got no control over, you couldn't see coming, if it was just a fuck up in the algorithm mm-hmm. has dropped 70% of your value. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, and that's, that's I guess that's a risk with, with mm. this, with all of crypto. I'm not going to just say algorithmic stable coins or, yeah. or this type of crypto. Like literally every crypto can have a risk of being, yeah. you know, rug pulled, like being completely... Gone, yeah. Gone by yeah. some kind of exploit or some bad bit of code. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you have a chance of losing, you know, 50% in a day or yeah. more. Um, so why I say, you know, make sure you understand what the token does mm. um, before you invest in it. Like, yeah. That's super important <clears throat> yeah. because then you can identify your risks. And mm-hmm. if you didn't know that Luna was the collateral for, a, for an algorithmic stablecoin, you didn't know that your risk was to the technology of an algorithmic stablecoin. Yeah. You know, then. So you sort of, yeah, yeah. yeah. you're yeah. a victim of your own. Yeah. Like, like a research. Yeah. And just because it's like ripping and going up every week. That's why a lot of people jump on. Yeah. Those, like. Yeah. So with, with your crypto trading, are you a day trader or do you just look at like potential and have a set time point or a profit margin or whatever? Or, a, yeah. or a drop? I, look, I'm not, I'm, I'm, pretty much a long-term investor yeah. in, in crypto. I, I trade in and out of, of some positions, yeah. ones that, um, you know, it's more more of a, like I, I do have a bunch of stable coins sitting there for a crazy pullback and I'm actually thinking of putting it back into Bitcoin today yeah. or tomorrow because it feels really cheap. Yeah. But that's just me and I'm, that's yeah, yeah. not advice to anyone. I yeah. really don't want to. It seems to be every time it crashes, it just recovers and then goes further. Yeah. yeah. It just seems that <laughs> I way. I mean, it's been, it's been range bound between 30 and 60 Yeah couple of years now mm-hmm. yeah. it needs to break out of 60 and then who knows where it goes but yeah. 60 um, U- us yeah, 60,000 yeah. us yeah 
So, yeah, I mean, like, so long as it's in here, if you're buying it 30, you know, you can sell it 40, 50, 60, if it does yeah. those gyrations and there's trading that could be, could be done there. Yeah. yeah. But for me... And really, no. you got to be at a decent amount to be making decent money. Like, mm. there's no point putting five grand in. Well, just, that's when people know? leverage, man. Like, yeah. you know, you've got five grand, you can turn it into a hundred and then I just... You know, like if that's what you want to do, you want to live that that life where every second you're checking your phone, like you said. Yeah. And, you know, like that's so much stress to have on yourself. I'd prefer yeah. to. That's why I stopped. I'd prefer to have a third of my crypto not making any money, you know, just, just so I'm relaxed that if it does go down, I'm in a position to buy some. For yeah, me, like, it was a situation yeah. where I felt like I had no control. So I just had to keep watching. And my only control was when I could pull it. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And yeah. I, was, I was just like, no, I can't live no like that. No I cannot live like that. It was so fucking hectic. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, having a newborn child, I was like, I can't be sitting there playing with my kid and that happening. So that, literally the next day I was like, bang, sold it, whatever profit we got. That was great, awesome. No, that's Sick, good. great yeah. way to start a family, mm. make 20K profit on Bitcoin. Um, <laughs> great lesson to for all of you listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just do that. <laughs> uh, make wait, a quick win. To actually buy crypto though, mm. I think you did that because it seems like it was the easiest way to actually get into it. I remember it's probably four years ago, four and a half maybe, mm-hmm. um, to buy the crypto I had to put my money into Binance Mm. I think so. Transfer it into Binance. Wait I'll try and find it out, and then mm. buy with Binance. Mm-hmm. And then if I wanted to buy a random coin, I had to buy Ethereum or a Bitcoin first, and then buy mm. something else. Mm-hmm. So, is there an easier way to do it now, or is it still the same? And I remember Coin Spot was fucking exorbitant in their prices, yeah. and that's why I use Binance yeah. because the percentages were way lower. I've always oh. used- it is listening. I haven't even typed in anything. Ah, suggested crypto. Suggested crypto.com. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's the f- it that's, is I mean that's a solid one. Crypto.com is supposed to be good. But um, I haven't typed anything in. Yeah. That's just, just come up. up. I think they spend more money on ads than any company in the world. Yeah. <laughs> they own like stadiums around the world that's and so, sports teams. That freaks me out. Yeah, so sorry. So what's the how do you buy a Bitcoin, I guess? Well, well sadly Bitcoin. like you need a you need a unless you've got a mate who just wants to sell you some, yeah, um, and then they can send it to your wallet. Um, you, you usually do need to go to an exchange initially yeah. to get your crypto. So, I mean, I've used Binance and um, Coinbase successfully in Australia, and from there, once you've purchased, you link a credit card or something like that. Yeah, um, you can then send it to a self custody wallet. Yeah. So, I mean, just. I would recommend that if you wanted to just sit on Bitcoin forever and hold it for that 1%, buy yourself a, a Trezor or a Ledger yeah. hardware wallet. Um, they're called cold storage wallets. Um, and once you get that, the box will explain how you set yeah. it up and then you can uh, send your, your crypto from your exchange to that wallet yeah. and then put that in a safe place. Plus, yeah. plus 500 was the one I was oh, using. Yeah. Now, what's that? Because that's not owning at all. Yeah, I think in, in plus five hundred, it's kind of like eToro, where you own like um, you own like options in shares. You don't actually own the actual shares. Or yeah, like that's right. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, you didn't own it, and yeah. you owned a percentage, yeah. but your percentage was worth. Yeah, yeah. yeah look, I'd have I'd, they, those websites. I think what they allow you to do is own like parts of a share, like a fractional share in Amazon or something like that. And yep. to do that, they <laughs> are for these, you know, almost tokenized shares. Mm-hmm. But I mean. Yeah, if you want to own shares in a company, I'd probably go through a different, yeah, different yeah. type of broker than those ones because they're 
they're kind of complicated, I think, because you don't really know what you what you hold. And yeah. then ta- no, tax-wise, it's kind of complicated. Yeah, I was going to say the next yeah. bit with tax. Oh, yeah. Because you can <clears> – <throat> I bought a ledger and a trezor. Mm. I bought both because I was dumb. Um, <laughs> and you download it and it gives you – got to write down your code um, mm. to get into it so no one can hack it or whatever. You put your money in there. It, it is pretty straightforward. Um, but then when I wanted to take my money back mm. – at the time, the tax laws were kind of murky. Now, does the government see where it's coming from and then tax you on that as a capital gains or capital loss? Or if what? you're just moving it around, mm. if you're just like sending it from one wallet to another, you're not having you're not having a capital gain. Yeah. It's only but when if you turn it into cash, I mean, it's actually when you trade it to any different <clears throat> currency. So, mm. like, if you could go from Bitcoin to ETH, and then there's a taxable event there. Mm. Um, what I'd recommend for that is if you want to be compliant, and you should because I think you'll you'll get fucked eventually if you yeah. don't, um, yep. is there's a few apps out there that uh, can pull all of your um, blockchain data and basically produce a tax return for you. Yeah, right. So one that I used was Coinly, spelt with a K, um, and that asked me to enter my um, crypto wallets into it and then it can go into the open ledger that has all of the transactions in the world on it and look for all ones that had my wallet in it yeah. for every transaction that I did in the last 12 months and put it into a format that is interpretable. And, and Can you just tell the tax I'm department that crypto, that oh, that was only worth a dollar, that coin? Or do they have an attributed it's, value? It's, kinda, it's actually kind of hard to uh, to put... Um, a value? Yeah, to, to, to fuck with it. It's hard to change ah, things. Okay. I, I, know, I know like I've had some struggles because some of my transactions aren't you know, profit taking, they're just interacting with a game or interacting with a decentralized finance yeah. page or something like that. And, and, um, and I need to like explain, oh, this is an investment, not a capital gains event and blah, 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 blah. But mm. it's pretty hard to. So, I mean, it gets you close, but um, maybe still worth getting an accountant to, yeah. to, to look over it once that's done. I guess um, that's a new industry as well, having a crypto totally. accountant. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, and, and they exist. I'm pretty sure there's a couple in Perth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's incredible how it's just all progressing and it's becoming a normal thing. <clears throat> before we uh, – I want to hear about your brewery, but before we do that – Other questions? Um, yeah. Let's do um, some of the crowdfunding questions because we've pumped through it, man. And yeah. Mate, it's been – fucking. Hey, we've been all like, over the shop, but it's uh, – Well, it's flowed. <laughs> we might like, have to get you back, Sim. So. It's been fucking Because awesome. I want to talk about you investing into um, startups as well and oh, fucking man. all that oh, sort of stuff. So that'd be I'll cool. come back for a chat. Fuck yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, so some of the questions. I, I tried to get an investment when I started two businesses. I had FIFO Housemate. I still get fucking calls from that. So if anyone's listening and you see FIFO Housemate, I don't own it anymore. I sold it for a maximum value of $1,000 to a random <laughs> gun tree. But, and then flaunted, we spent like fucking 20 odd grand on that, which was like a, almost like a Tinder for makeup artists. And I thought it had a lot of potential, but we just, yeah, we, we didn't really get any interest. Yeah. Well, any f- solid investment. Um, <clears throat> so uh, the question two from uh, Love of Perth. Yeah, Lover of Perth. Uh, so where do we find about your, about your credentials, um, which is basically your investing? <laughs> um, oh, okay, so what I'm invested in. Yeah, it's what, not, As in like what gives you the – Oh, the right to invest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My, my family has and who loads of money and then <laughs> somebody needed to do it. Yeah. Um, that's the honest answer and um, – you know, I've spent the years dedicating my life to it and just learning. Yeah. I did a year of commerce. I didn't finish it. Like, 
you could choose to ignore everything I said today and that's yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but do you have any mentors or, or, or are you a mentor to anyone in that, um, in that regard? I, yeah, I guess I've got a group that I, uh, I chat to, so my friends are maybe, maybe a mentor to them, um, but not, not officially. They never said, will you be my mentor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I've had mentors, but now – now less so. I probably look up to a few people um, <laughs> on 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 like YouTube uh, that I like a few investors that I watch sort of them on podcasts yeah. and that kind of thing. I, yeah. But they're not like a sit down mentor. Yeah. I sit down mentors. I don't talk to anymore. Yeah. yeah cool. Yeah. Um, who, who were they to start with? <laughs> were they just people that you respected in the industry? Yeah. People that you found through. I had a yeah. when I was running my like health food business. Yeah. I had a, a a guy over in Melbourne who who actually used to run my dad's business. Was the CEO of his company that. Moved over there, so he yep. helped me, you know, like with staff problems and finding locations and that kind of thing. Yeah, so cool. definitely would recommend having a mentor yeah. and um, finding that person and, and, you know, how that relationship usually goes is that you take them out for a coffee once yeah. every couple of months and can ask them questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great thing to do. I yeah. mean, I've, I think podcasts are kind of like mentors anyway. Like yeah. you, you get to see here and yeah. chat to all yeah, the yeah. different people. You've got heaps of mentors. Yeah, we, we, yeah. we learn through our yeah. conversations, which yeah. is the best thing. And yeah. when we're learning, hopefully that passes on those yeah. same lessons to the people. Awesome. Who are some of the YouTube guys, if you don't mind sharing your mentors? Yeah, yeah, like totally. people want to listen. Totally. So, oh, um, yeah. so there's this YouTube channel called Real Vision. Um, it's free to follow and I think they've got a – yeah, free crypto sub- subscription as well. So they cover crypto and macroeconomics and they just have all kinds of guests on there. It's, he- it's headed up by this guy, Raul Pal. Who, What's um, his name, Raul? Raul Pal. Raul Pal. Yeah. Um, and he's like a like a sort of macro trading legend. And, um, yeah, he's he's sort of put together this this uh, resource. And I think it's brilliant. It's, it's really thorough and the guests are really high quality and, and you'll get, yeah, all kinds of um, cool. different investors coming on that. So Sick. that's probably the best. And, and I, I watch a lot of CNBC television on YouTube as well, which, you know, you'll get all of the classic investors, um, yeah. like the famous ones, <coughs> Buffett and Paul yeah. Tudor Jones and all these guys coming through for interviews. Cool. Yeah. Um, I also listen to the All In podcast, which I think is really cool. It's got a, it's a bunch of Silicon Valley guys that sit around and talk about current affairs and that kind of thing and yeah. uh, their weird ivory tower <laughs> view of it all. Yeah. But uh, no, it's good. It's actually Sick. it's really insightful. So. Um, Maybe you could have a listen <clears throat> to the Sure Thing podcast with Wolfie. Oh, yeah. He's, mate, it's, it's really good though. Yeah. yeah. It's just a funny. I'll suss it, yeah. Oh, mate, he's, uh, he's one of the best stand-up comics. It's oh, great yeah. niche because it's investing but with, with comedy. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah it kills it. Um, very funny one. Want to invest in Hamdog? That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Have you ever it. heard about Hamdog? No, I haven't. <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, so, I can't remember what episode that is but go back and listen to it. Yeah, yeah. I will Grant show you after this. Yeah. Story about Hamdog investing that. Yeah, for uh, the listeners, is, though, yeah, Grant uh, Mushet episode, the most re- second most recent one where he, in, he put all his money in Hamdog and didn't even know what it was. Um, <laughs> another one is uh, – another funny one that's no answer to but Chris White, uh, good hard yarns podcast of time to better podcast yeah. uh, guest. No, it's perfect timing. So this one's a good one. <laughs> Quantum computers versus crypto wallets. Yeah. I don't know we, what that means. We started talking about the cold wallets before. Oh, uh, yeah. Nah, that Look, I'd, so the, the, the theory is there, like there's this cryptographical element to crypto that makes it, you know, hard to break or hard to crack. Yeah. And there's this theory that quantum computers, when they uh, kind of get to – I don't know, proper scale. They exist already, yeah. um, but they're not being used to try and crack cryptocurrency. Yeah. Um, could maybe render it 
you know, useless. It yeah. might lose its cryptographical um, – Because it can cause break the, into yeah, it and hack into it. cryptography could be wow. hacked essentially by yeah. a – So that's one of the existential threats to crypto. Yeah. Um, it's true. It, it is a threat. Um, I can't really speak more than that. Yeah. I don't really okay. know. Because quantum computers, they can, com- they can do heaps more in the same amount of time than a normal computer. Do you know much about it? I have a mate that works with quantum computers. Maybe you should get him on the pod. <sighs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that'd be, <laughs> He's a really be awesome. Because, yeah. I mean, I remember learning about it and I was like, what the fuck? It was something about almost three-dimensional instead of ones and zeros. Fuck. Like, fuck, we'll have to – yeah, we'll get an expert on. Is that along the right path? Mate, I don't even know. They look they, – I don't – what I'll say is watch this um, – Watch this TV show called Devs. Um, it's a brilliant drama, but it's about like this kind of Google type company and, um, and they have a big right quantum computing machine and the machine is so beautiful. It's all copper and it's <laughs> 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 nothing like a computer. Like, yeah. They're, yeah, they're weird. I don't know. I'm, I don't yeah. know anything about quantum wow. to be honest. <laughs> so it's, it could be a cultural art, an NFT computer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the last thing was you've got a brewery. Is this a passion project or did you, were you just like, fuck it, I've got some crypto dollars to spend? And do you want to be just another one of the breweries that invests in the Hard Yarns <laughs> podcast? <laughs> we had Atomic sponsor actually. Did, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, our Patreon launch. They gave us 20 cartons, which was... Oh, Sick. Which is sick, yeah, really cool. And then, wow. um, and sort of aligned with Bevy Brewing Company yeah, at the moment with Camfield and live oh, some cool. events, yeah, with live shows before the footy. Um, yeah, but yeah. So, how did you get into getting yeah. a brewery? Were you an investor? Yeah. Or did you did you start from scratch with that one? Um, I, well, look, I'm I, I'm an investor in a couple of breweries. So, um, one in Melbourne called the Mill, and you can actually get that here in Perth. There's this distributor. It's in like 20 shops around town, but usually the craft beery places. Um, my mate was just like a home brewer yeah. um, and he made amazing beer. <laughs> and, and he's like Sick. went around to all his mates and we everyone chucked in like five or ten grand. So yeah. I think there's seven or eight of us that yeah. got involved. And, then, yeah, we got this old mechanics workshop in Collingwood and converted it, painted it all, built all the furniture. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Sick. So it's like a little brew pub and that grew to now it's, yeah, selling in WA so wow um that's about eight years old and makes amazing beer like is that part of the mill or is that a different one that's the mill yeah 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 Yeah. and then um we just recently invested in this company called froth here in WA yeah that's our mates (laughs) yeah up in um um, I'm flying up there for a gig uh, next week on Wednesday with Wolfie the guy from sure thing yeah so Pete Firth I'm a He's part got- owner in that now, so. Oh, yeah. oh fuck yeah. Well, well, invest in the Hard Yards <laughs> podcast. Well, Pete said it will give us a keg um, if we get a kegerator for the next one. Yeah. A kegerator. Kegerator. Oh, cool. Yeah. I, used so, to, I used to own there a There you go. You're in, you're in the potty without even knowing it. Because <laughs> you've got two venues now, hey? Or is it yeah, the, the so second venue yeah, open? We're or? opening Bunbury, which was at, like, our family owned that pub. It was the old Reef Hotel. And, um, yeah, we, we just were like, there's no breweries in Bunbury. Do you guys want to come down and do it there? So, yeah, Fuck. we've got a few more on in the What a small world. After, My brother lives in Bunbury. Bunbury. Yeah. I'll tell and Pete's, a greenie, Pete's a greenie as well, so he's an ESG. Yeah. He cares about the environment totally. a lot. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Um, Pete's a legend. What a what a great fucking Pete was on our unregistered podcast. <laughs> he's one of our podcasts that never made it to air. Yeah. It was a he live one after the drinks, me, Squirrely, Delby and Max Shane. And a few randoms in the crowd and all yeah. friends or whatever, and that yeah, it got loose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never yeah. made the made it to the air. Actually, we could hold it as a blackmail. You yeah. could invest or not. <laughs> no, nah, Pete was actually pretty good on there. Yeah, he was great. Um, it was Max Shane who. That's a, what a spit out. So you, you're in froth as well. Cool. Um, yeah. Any others? 
No, not at this stage. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, Frost, Frost's gonna grow. Yeah, it's gonna be few country towns around WA. Yeah. So if you're on a little road trip and yeah. uh, there's a froth in that town, go check it out because they're very um, fun venues. If you've never been to the Exmouth one, there, yeah, they make you feel very welcome when yeah. you get when you come in. It's just it's a good vibe. Yeah, I love Probably it. Homely. Yeah. yeah, and if you are in Exmouth, I'll be gigging there next Wednesday with Wolfie. And I think Monday the 11th of July I'm going to go out with Buddha. So, um, Sick. Yeah, if you're an Exy, pop in. Um, support Froth and support Delbs. Because yeah. I've got to cover my plane ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Is there uh, anything you want to plug? Because we do have to finish up. Yeah. But uh, anything you want to plug? No, no. no. Uh, thanks, guys. Cool. Awesome, man. I'm Cheers. so stoked with that episode. Yes, fuck sick. It's fucking awesome. Uh, i got nothing to plug. Um, thanks, mentor. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Welcome Cheers. to Hard Yarns Podcast. I am fucking fat. <laughs> <laughs> Anything Chris White says, please <laughs> disregard it. 5D is actually a state of being. It's a unity consciousness. That was Hard Yarns with me, Frankie Rose. So I'm going to throw it over to your co-host. Daniel Jelby. And Cameron Brand. I would do this and then I'd go. <laughs> Free in attendance for the millions listening at home. <laughs> Let's get hot.